Chapter Six of Rangy Pete by Guy Morton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. As the events of the afternoon proclaimed, it was really Miss Dick who held the controlling hand. Around noonday, while the rays of the sun were still blistering their way over the tops of the buttes, the girl reappeared from her retreat in the shadowland and gave him rather definite instructions about taking a nap and making himself fit for the work of the night. He paused only long enough to attempt to impress upon Miss Dick the folly of the enterprise. Triple Butte, he had learned by experience and observation, could sleep as soundly as any other inhabited portion of the world, but once awakened it could be decidedly peevish towards those who had broken in upon its vacuum of thought and effort. And Dan Merrill of the Sneaky Y, besides being peevish, could be vindictive two or three nights from now would be a whole lot better rangy tried to temper the girl's immediate enthusiasm for evaporated apples but his efforts were only met by a decided shake of the head miss dick it was obvious had not altered her mind in the least about her hurried return to that centre of awakened somnolence and no amount of talk about triple butte's lack of hospitality towards any member of the dervishers appeared to make upon her the least impression Rangy contended the point with some vigor, and when he finally stretched out in a sheltered spot at the foot of the buttes, he was somewhat astonished to find that it was concern for the girl's safety which had compelled his attitude. That was a matter difficult to understand, but Rangy attempted to put it from him with the explanation that Miss Dick was really his prisoner, and that while she was in his custody it was simply his duty to protect her from all possible harm. That thought was so comforting that he had only a vague wonder if the girl would this time take advantage of her opportunity to escape. It was a flitting thought which came at the last moment before he fell into slumber, and which did not in the least disturb the peacefulness of his dreams. Those dreams were rather about the perversity of the prisoner, who persisted in dragging him into an undertaking which might prove dangerous to both of them, and who it appeared through his fancy clung to him in spite of all his efforts to cast her aside. Rangy's dreams, strangely enough, had a lot to do with the queerness of Miss Dick, so it seemed quite natural that he should abruptly find himself in the halfway land between slumber and wakefulness, and with the girl actually tugging at his shoulders. The first thought which came to him was that she was using his sleep as a chance to rope him, but to what end his laboring brain did not say. Then almost instantly he knew that theory must be a warped one, for Miss Dick, in addition to tugging at his shoulders, was shaking him vigorously, and was whispering some keenly pitched words. For goodness sake, Pete, hurry, she was exclaiming. They're not ten minutes away from us. Rangy sat up suddenly, and his functioning brain swept out of its miasmic vapors into the immediate present. What do you mean? he demanded, as his roving eye swept the full arc of the compass. Who are you talking about? A party of men, twenty or thirty or more. They are riding our way. See that big ridge in the draw back towards the pass? They swept over that not a minute ago. You sure? Rangy insisted, though he sprang to his feet even as he spoke. For there could be but the one significance to the presence of a party of men riding down upon them from the direction of the butte lands. It would be the riders of the plains returning from their pursuit of the dervishers and combing this draw in the search for strays. As for himself, it did not matter. 
but miss dick she would be one of those strays who would be welcomed by the feverish punchers from the snaky y and by the awakened battlers of triple butte we sure will hurry he decided as he noticed the tightness about the girl's lips throw the things together while i catch that cayuse of mine the matter of saddling and mounting was but a brief interval snatched from time yet when rangy once more returned to miss dick he found that she was ready to ride at his side with barely a comment rangy pete led the way swiftly down the draw and when they came to the first ridge which commanded a view of the uncharted trail behind them he paused long enough to study the tangled course which they had just followed you're right miss dick he agreed that sure is a big party of riders back there and what a lubber i am a sharp ejaculation of disgust accompanied this outburst for rangy had become painfully aware of the fact that this ridge in addition to providing them with an observation tower was threatening to prove their downfall for now he knew that the figures of himself and the girl must be clearly silhouetted against the skyline and his consciousness of that became an undoubted fact when that cluster of riders in the far background were seen to swing into closer contact and then pause as though startled but almost instantly they spurred forward at a sharper pace and when rangy pete saw that he looked at the girl uncertainly they're after us all right miss dick pronounced calmly is there any speed in that yellow cayuse of yours thank goodness it will soon be dark if we can only hold them until dark that's what we've got to do rangy decided instantly this yellow boy isn't a world champion but he can stay with it all day and that counts that bunch of riders can't be more than a mile behind and there isn't a single offshoot from this draw between here and the plains which doesn't lead into a blind corner miss dick it's a case of race it out the girl nodded swiftly and through the slits in her mask rangy caught a glimpse of shining eyes which seemed to have grown into hard points of aurelian blue they were firm and clear and almost dazzling and in that instant it even appeared to rangy pete that there was a fever of excitement in her veins which brought with it a thrill of gladness because of that he wondered if the girl were really elated at the prospect of this mad dash for freedom while he thought of that they rode swiftly down the draw out towards the borderland of plains and buttes into that land of shadows which had given this draw its name and as they left the miles behind them catching from time to time a glimpse of the racing pursuers rangy became conscious of the strangeness of the situation why didn't you slope it away alone when you first saw them coming he asked at length you know it isn't me they're after again the girl looked at him with those curious dazzling lights in her eyes which spoke of the grateful thrill of excitement that made him wonder still more at the problem of miss dick discretion and common sense he felt should prompt him to recognize that there are certain legal codes which are as inevitable as life itself and to admit to himself that the law of the plains was a hundred times more swift and sure than any code of the law which had yet penetrated as far as triple butte subconsciously in the back of his brain rangy knew the interpretation which those trouble-lusting riders of the snaky y would put upon any association with the dervishers particularly when goaded on by the fire-breathing spirit of dan merrill and there were men among the crew of the snaky y 
chiefly bill sons and merrill himself who would be keen to fix upon him any calumny which chance provided and here it was ready made for their hands down the lower slopes of the butte land draw they raced and in the far distance they could catch glimpses of the chaparral strewn plain in the shadows beyond behind them was that dashing cluster of horsemen more strung out than when first they had been sighted but riding swiftly and furiously in the pursuit they're gaining rangy pronounced solemnly as they reached a crest in the trail which looked down into a barren land of tumbled rock stretching between them and the fringes of the plains they've closed up an eighth of a mile on us what's wrong with that horse of yours miss dick stepped on a rolling stone the girl explained gravely and rangy was conscious that her eyes now sought out his when their glances met he could be quite certain that some of the sparkle had gone and that silently she was putting before him the problem of her escape he'll be better in a few minutes miss dick declared hopefully but as the minutes slipped away it became too evident that improvement in the animal's condition was lacking that rolling stone had stripped from them the thin margin of advantage which had been theirs for a time as he rode rangy glanced anxiously over his shoulder then he studied the far spaces towards which they were racing as though seeking to measure the elements of fact and chance quite plainly miss dick was now relying upon him and just as plainly another hour's riding at their present rate would see the foremost rider of that party of punchers within fair gunshot of them unless of course miss dick's mount improved but if it should suddenly become worse rangy pete shook his head anxiously the shadows of night were beginning to settle about them on the plains they would be deeper still and off there before them rather better than an hour's ride away was triple butte yet what was to be gained by riding into triple butte no it was to be a matter of wits now listen miss dick rangy spoke quickly as he drew his horse closer to the girl this isn't a very pretty box that we've stepped into with that animal of yours holding down our speed that herd of punchers is about due to be pumping bullets at us about a few minutes before it gets so dark they can't see to shoot if it got dark we'd sure give them the slip in the chaparral around the mouth of the draw but it ain't thick enough to make a getaway as long as there's any light in the air now i've got an idea miss dick well the girl encouraged with brightening eyes the next time we drop out of sight of the punchers you just slip off your cayuse with all our grub and hide out on them snaky y buckos they won't be looking for anybody especially if they see the two horses riding on ahead they'd be pumping after me and the two horses so fast that you wouldn't have any trouble at all this cayuse without anybody on its back might be able to keep up to my yellow boy and if he could me and yellow boy would sure lose them snaky wide punchers in the chaparral so fast they'd wonder if we'd ever been alive that sounds easy miss dick then soon as i'd lost this crew that's tagging after us i'd come right back to you quite obviously miss dick was considering the proposition with extreme care she looked behind her steadily just as rangy had done she studied the far shadows of the plains which lay before and she seemed to be looking anxiously into the higher lights of the dulling sky then she shook her head sharply too dangerous she decided 
their riders are strung out so much that some of them would be sure to see me besides they'd have pretty poor eyes if they didn't discover before long that one horse didn't have a rider after that you'll admit they would be sharp enough to string a guard all along this draw and how long would it be before you ever got back to me are you trying to starve me to death mr rangy pete deliberation of the point seemed to establish the fact that miss dick was right it was one chance gone and still those thirsting riders behind them must be cutting down the lead with each passing minute miss dick's cayuse was not improving though it appeared to be holding its own gamely rangy believed it was because of the manner in which the girl leaned from time to time over its neck patted its glossy shoulders and whispered strange words of affection into its listening ears through a space of time while he watched that seeming intimacy between miss dick and her cayuse rangy forgot some of the keenness of the problem for that was a rather delightful trait in the girl which he had not hitherto suspected no we will have to race it out miss dick broke into his meditations i couldn't think of letting this horse fall into their hands we have been friends too long for that mr pete if you only know of a good big cluster of chaparral not too far away from here and could plan to reach it just at dark i am sure we would have but little more trouble dodging them searching chaparral at night is no easy job not even for punchers the suggestion rangy was compelled to admit had some merits and in view of the impossibility of outriding the snaky y punchers with one hampered horse to hold them back it appeared to be the only feasible solution yet it had its demerits if i was chasing dervishers with a flock of thirty men rangy decided aloud and they sloped it into a piece of chaparral just at dark do you know what i'd do i'd just throw my riders around that bit of a hiding place and i'd hold them there until morning then it'd be out you come mr dervishers we got a nice little rope all ready for you we can step into the trap miss dick all right but how are we going to step out of it that is your job the girl pronounced with conviction and back of the conviction there was a definite message of faith which once more set ablaze the riot of emotions in rangy pete's brain by the time that fever had cooled they had swept past the limits of the lone shadow draw out upon the first stretches of the plains and because of that he knew there was but the one chance before them that was the suggestion of miss dick then an abrupt thought assailed rangy pete for him the way out could be simple if he chose he might ride into triple butte and proclaim the girl his prisoner but that left a feeling of nausea which he did not attempt to understand instead he gave himself up to a study of that problem which miss dick had so briefly put before him the girl was right they must soon find shelter in the chaparral for a backward glance showed him that the foremost riders were less than a half mile behind them now and as yet on these hill stretches of the plains the chaparral was thin there were still too many high lights in the sky which peered down and showed all too plainly the motions of men and of their mounts less than a half mile behind them now dull shadowy forms racing out of the thickening shadows of the plains directly before them was triple butte a matter of five miles or more away they could never make it now no matter how keen might be the urge 
Miss Dick looked almost constantly over her shoulder now, and on those times when she turned to look into his eyes he could see an inquiring wonder upon those portions of her face which could be seen. There are more than thirty men behind us, Miss Dick spoke suddenly, and for the first time he fancied he found a slightly strained note in her voice. But Rangy was thinking so swiftly now that he barely heeded her words. To the right of Triple Butte was a cluster of chaparral a hundred or more acres in extent, dense enough to suit their purpose. If only they could reach it before the maddened riders behind them came within reaching distance of a bullet. Can you get just a little more speed out of that cayuse? he asked. Just a little. We've got to veer to the right. In answer, the girl leaned forward over the animal's neck. She patted it softly, and she whispered some pleading words in its ears which sounded almost like the melody of song. With an effort, the animal picked up a little extra speed, so that Rangy looked at the girl in wonder. Make him hold that, he declared and we will strike that bit of chaparral you see to the right just about the time the punchers start to fire at us. From that time on, the course swerved to the right until, shortly, the darkened smudge of chaparral, which stood out blurred and indistinct through the growing darkness, was directly in line between them and Triple Butte. Behind them, so close now that the maddened tramp of the galloping animals sounded like the pounding of surf upon the sands, came the troop of punchers. They were breaking into tongue now, like the yelping of hounds. They made dull splashes of vitality plunging through the gloom. For a moment, Rangy watched them curiously, measuring the distance between them, the distance to the chaparral. We'll make it, he declared, with elevation. And almost as he spoke, there came the dull snap of a barking revolver behind them. They seemed to know it, Miss Dick replied calmly. Just a few hundred yards to that chaparral now. Behind them the leaders in the chase were firing, more steadily, persistently, as though they recognized the futility of immediate pursuit. Only one danger now, and that the chance of a stray bullet finding its mark. Accurate shooting was out of the question. Speed would have made that impossible, even had the cloaking of night not been about them dulling and blurring their flying figures and making the goal of those searching bullets nothing but the whim of fate. Listen, please, Rangy began to speak swiftly. I have a plan, but we must work fast. We will make the chaparral now, and the first man is four hundred yards behind. We plunge straight through it as fast as we can make it, as quiet as we can. It isn't far, and then you will do exactly as I say. Yes, the girl agreed quickly, but there was nothing subdued in her tones. Even in that moment of crisis it almost seemed to Rangy Pete that she was entrusting herself to his keeping merely through some strange fancy of her own, to see if he had the wits to bring her through this period of danger. Abruptly the denser shadows of the chaparral closed about them, while a chorus of bullets whined their way through the night. Dismount and follow me. Rangy instructed, and shortly they were feeling their way as swiftly and as silently as possible through the protecting growth. Behind them, at the edge of the chaparral, was the maddened clatter of confused voices as the foremost riders dashed up to the barrier of protection and then paused uncertainly. 
For some time that clamoring of voices continued, as rider after rider swung up to the chaparral and added his confusion to the earlier sounds. Presently there came the sound of horses plunging into the trees after them, and that caused Rangy Pete to chuckle audibly. Sure enough, old boys, come right along, he encouraged in a whisper which reached Miss Dick's ears. The more time you waste chasing up this way, the longer it'll take you to get your wits together, long enough to know you should be loping it around to the other side of this bush. Faster, Miss Dick. As he felt his way through the chaparral, Rangy was listening intently to those sounds which came from the snaky Y punchers, and he was seeking to read the meaning of all the confused voices. A hundred more yards now to the clear edge of the barrier of tree growth, and beyond that? They've started to ride around to this edge now, Rangy decided abruptly, but it is five times as far around as it is through, and we're nearly at the open. Steady, Miss Dick, not a sound now. Where are you going? the girl demanded. This horse can't go much farther tonight. He won't have to if we get an even break in the luck. And if you got your nerve with you, Rangy proclaimed. Now you're at the very edge, and those buckos haven't come into sight yet. Do you know what's gonna happen, miss? I've got an idea that I'm gonna join in the chase and help burn them dervishers out. The girl laughed in sudden comprehension. Fine, she exclaimed. But how? Listen, there isn't a second to lose. Rangy spoke with swift intent. You couldn't get away yet. Not quite dark enough. I got to put them off the track. You stay here. When you see the way open, you back your horse out. Ride around Triple Butte. Bunch of chaparral to the east. Ten acres of it. Meet me there on the far side of it. Get there as soon as I can. Good luck, little blue eyes. Even as he spoke, Rangy Pete was backing the burnt yellow cayuse out from the sheltering fringe of the chaparral into the smoldering gloom of the early night. He backed the animal as swiftly as it could travel in this unusual pose, and he kept its head turned towards that curve of the chaparral-bordered night from which the riders of the Snaky Y must shortly loom. It could be a matter of but two or three minutes at the most, he knew, before the first of the riders would swing around that outjutting crop of chaparral some three hundred yards distant, and from that point gain a clear view of himself. While he backed the cayuse towards Triple Butte, Rangy Pete chuckled to himself somewhat grimly. Boy, we sure got to use our head tonight, he addressed the astonished animal. But I'm thinking... When they first catch sight of you, with your nose turned towards them, they won't nowise think that you've ever had anything to do with dervishers. They'll set you down as running in from Triple Butte to help them. There, by the night-dulled cluster of chaparral, was the darting shadow of the foremost of the riders. Rangy Pete shook the reins of the burnt yellow cayuse and dashed towards those advancing riders with a great clatter of noise. You got them? he demanded, as he slithered the cayuse into a halt directly in their path. Got them nothing, the voice of Bill Sons returned testily. Oh, it's you, Rangy. Did them dervishers ride out on this side? They sure haven't, though I'd been expecting them to do it. Now look alive, fellows. Throw the posse all around this bunch of chaparral, and we got them snug in a trap. 
ride on sons and string your men out and for goodness sake make it fast or the dervishers will slip away on that far corner sons jerked at his reins impatiently with a degree of fire which told that the bloodlust was burning hot within him he was almost in the act of dashing on when rangy checked him with a sharp word you lost your head sons he demanded why don't you send a man to ride back the way you come and post guards around the other way till you two parties meet the man's reply was an impatient oath here murker he exclaimed rangy's right you string back the way you come pick up the riders and scatter them along one every few hundred yards stepped fast murker we got them dervishers in a trap and if they ain't dangling by the neck before morning you can call me a greaser this time sons applied the spurs and rangy had to raise his voice to check the man's speed and sons he shouted the wind's blowing across the chaparral from the other side set it afire as soon as you get the posse all strung out ready you're a live one sons bellowed back over his shoulder as he and a party of riders raced on into the growing darkness of the night rangy pete turned about to find murker still at his side while another of the belated riders was already racing towards them it's easy murker rangy exclaimed but we got to work fast you slope it back as sons said and post your riders i'll stand guard from here to that point of chaparral you see sticking out down there a ways you post your first man just past that and tell him to keep his eyes on the dark spots them dervishers have got to ride out this way some time now make it fast murker there was so much crispness in rangy's tones and such an air of authority that apparently the man murker did not have so much as a thought of hesitancy he dashed away in the opposite direction to that taken by sons picked up the second rider on the way and in a minute or more he disappeared around the curve of shadow into the gloom of the night rangy pete heaved a sigh of relief with the snaky y punchers working so frantically to throw a cordon about the cluster of chaparral and accepting his proffered services so unquestioningly there was now but the one rider within sight of him that man was the first of the guards posted by sons a young puncher stationed some three hundred yards down the edge of the chaparral it was growing swiftly dark though it was not quite dark enough for miss dick to ride out of her shelter and vanish into the blackness to the north of triple butte another quarter of an hour and it would be perfectly safe she could step out of the shadows into the cloak of night and be lost forever to those eager punchers whose brains were fevered now by the pursuit what a fire was running in their veins as he thought of that rangy pete shuddered at the prospect of miss dick falling into their hands for if such had been her fate if his wits had failed him in that moment of crisis he could see quite clearly that those slightly maniacal punchers might easily have inflicted the final punishment of death before they discovered that she was a woman rangy shivered again then he laughed softly a few minutes more and miss dick's last danger would be over already the figure of that guard at his right had become so smothered by the cloakings of night that rangy could distinguish his form only when he moved a few minutes more and the night would have blotted out even the movements of either rider or mount 
and that was just as it should be. In Rangy's blood there was running the thrill of victory. This last chapter of the chase had been timed to perfection, for just a few minutes after Miss Dick rode out of her shelter into safety, the chaparral would be set ablaze from the far side, and that blaze would be a curious thing, for it would provide still more protection for the retreat of Miss Dick. Miss Dick, being beyond the range of the blaze, would be in the shelter of shadows impenetrable to those watching eyes. Yes, it had worked out with astonishing success. Five minutes more, and Miss Dick. A rider dashing down upon him from the left, from beyond that point of chaparral, the slithering of a rider stopping beside him. Rangy Pete felt all the elation swept from him, and in its place there came the cold chill of augury, for the man was Dan Merrill, head of the Snaky Y, so it must be a case of wits again. Hello, Dan, Rangy greeted casually. Got them yet? Merrill's reply was a bellowing sound. You wasn't in our posse, he declared. What you doing here? Catching dervishers, same's the rest of you. Rangy replied easily, though his right hand dropped negligently towards his hip and rested there, as though weary of effort. If you wasn't so head up, Merrill, I'd be calling your attention to the fact that you ain't got no right to bellow at me. I'm not on your string of riders, and I go and come when I like. I saw your fancy chase across the ranges from where I happened to be, so I sloped it here as quick as I knew how. Sons left me here on guard, but don't think I'm telling you this, Merrill, because I have to tell you anything. I'm my own boss, understand that? I take orders from myself, and if the rest of the world doesn't like it. Rangy finished his sentence only by the outward jerking of his left hand, and by a shrug of the shoulders. The right hand, Merrill could not help but observe, still rested annoyingly near a certain bulge by the hip and even Dan Merrill, big and dark and quick-tempered as he was, recognized through the heat of his passions that Rangy's hand, when in that particular position, was not a thing to be trifled with. Seems to me you got here mighty quick. Merrill's voice contained its sneer, which Rangy chose to overlook. Sure, this little cayuse has got the speed. Gonna buy him off me, Dan? Yet while he spoke with pleasant indifference, Rangy Pete was inwardly fuming at the presence of Merrill, and at the loss of time. By now it was dark enough for Miss Dick to make an effective escape, and except for the presence of this burly person in front of him, the girl would already be riding off there into the shadows. Merrill's arrival had been most untimely. Through the flash of his thoughts, Rangy could envision the disaster which the man's presence might entail. Within a very few minutes that chaparral must be ablaze on the far side, with its flames mounting to the sky, and robbing the girl of the advantage of the night. What a fool he had been to suggest such a thing! For this chaparral, dry and tindery through the many blisterings of the sun, would burn like straw. It would flare swiftly to the sky and throw the glare of fire all about them. Rangy's lips grew straight in spite of the banter of his voice. Merrill or no Merrill, Miss Dick must be out of that trap within the next five minutes, or her last chance would be gone. Merrill or no Merrill, 
in the flash of that prompting the urge was strong upon him to pick a swift quarrel with this arrogant owner of the snaky y who would doubtless be keen to inflict punishment upon a woman the same as upon a man a quarrel in this moment of merrill's roiled passions would be such an easy thing a fight in the dark rangy did not shrink from the prospect but somehow or other it seemed to be folly this rather should be a game of wits his head seems to be drooping a bit merrill's sneering voice went on critically i'm thinking rangy pete that you've rode that cayuse a whole lot farther than from triple butte you didn't by any chance ride him from the lone shadow draw rangy pete turned his head aside the insinuation of that remark was a biting thing still how was he supposed to know there was any insinuation in it at all the lone shadow draw he reflected and even as he spoke he could see the first faint lightening at the edges of the shadows on the far side of the chaparral seems to me i have been there but i don't quite place it it was only with a strained effort that rangy could command his voice already the chaparral was on fire in a very few minutes now the blaze would be intense and merrill was still standing between miss dick and safety it's out past the pelican ain't it sakes alive the chaparral's on fire see dan over your shoulder there merrill swung about and in that instant the guard posted by sons rode through the shadows and disappeared rangy pete knew what the outlines of that man's form might do for him instantly he became a fever of excitement gad merrill he exclaimed there they are didn't you see that shadow we'll get them merrill if there's anything more to you than a bunch of bluster come rangy's excitement though artificial was nevertheless effective and contagious he slapped the cayuse into quick action and darted swiftly in the direction of the shadow which had caught merrill's eye as he rode into the night rangy emitted a great volume of vocal sound we got to keep them in the chaparral till it gets lighter he exclaimed as he glanced back over his shoulder and saw that the feverish merrill was immediately behind him rangy rode directly away from miss dick's position with merrill at his cayuse's heels and he dashed up to the edge of the chaparral firing bullets into the ground as he went just there he glanced once more over his shoulder and as he looked he caught the flitting of another shadow which rode swiftly out of the chaparral and vanished into the night towards the north that brought to him the keen warmth of victory that was why his voice was elated when he shouted again at merrill we drove them back dan old boy we'll get them yet we must a drove them back merrill admitted for they're not here at that instant the guard rode up beside them and rangy pete looking out across the chaparral saw the first thin tongue of flame leaping towards the sky but miss dick he knew was beyond its menace and because of that he sighed softly and he felt an intense glow about the region of the heart which he did not attempt to understand they'll never get away now merrill gloated and rangy felt a sensation of revulsion at the sound of the voice still he answered never we sure got them trapped End of chapter 6